The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, our main guest on this week's podcast is Laura Guest, who is the region's most successful rugby player ever. She's played in three World Cups, she's coached and played for Munster and was part of Ireland's only Grand Slam winning women's team in 2013 so she joins us to chat all things rugby as Jack Crowley is getting his chance on the world stage he came on in Ireland's victory over South Africa in the World Cup at the weekend Kieran chats to her about that about Jack Crowley versus Ross Byrne about Ireland's scrum and a whole lot more so stick around for that but first Kieran let's start with the weekend's club football action and West Cork fans in general, I'd say, will be fairly happy as we have seven teams into county semi-finals. But I want to start with one club in particular who came out of the weekend unhappy, and that is Clannacilty. They lost to Nemo Rangers five points to four in monsoon conditions in Bandon. But Kieran, should the game even have gone ahead? That's the question Clannacilty are asking. That, that is the big question because we all saw last weekend the, the heavens opened on Saturday and Sunday and the, those, this game in particular in, in Bandon and I know there's a couple of more across the, the, the county as well. Um, only one game actually fell to the weather at, at county level and two fell at Carberry level. But that game in Bandon on Saturday evening, like Matthew Hurley was there for us to, to cover the game and he said it was just, conditions were absolutely horrendous there and the, the Bandon pitch itself and the facilities, they're top class. And this isn't this isn't anything to do with the Bandon pitch because we all know the facilities there are so, so good. But it's literally Mother Nature decided to play spoil sport on the day. And when you see the final score, if five points to five points to four, you're like, Jesus Christ, you know, kind of this this is more akin to a soccer match than a yeah. than a quarterfinal of Cork's premier club football championship. Like you had the the, the champions of last year going up against the finalist of the year before. So what you had is two of the top teams in the county, yet because of the of the weather conditions, they weren't able to put on that football in spectacle that everyone had hoped for. So it just became um it became a war of attrition. It became survival more than a than a than a football game. And in Thursday Southern Star, Matthew had um he's got some match reaction from Owen Ryan, the clan of Kilty selector. And just to give you a flavour of what Owen Ryan said after Clan lost that game, he said, my first reaction is that game shouldn't have been played. Absolutely stupid. I mean, you go out and you train from January and then you expect players to go out and play in debt. You couldn't play football there. I mean, what would you call it? Break ball. I'm disappointed we lost, but it, it was a degree, it was a disgrace that, that we even played dangerous too. Owen Ryan wasn't mincing his words there. You could see like he was... Obviously, he was speaking just after the game too, so emotions would have been high. But his frustration is very evident. And he really does have a point. In Holly O'Sullivan's column on Thursday, he says that the conditions were borderline unplayable. Like, that's how bad it was. And it's all down to the elements, just that really bad weather. So maybe it's because of that tight schedule that the game couldn't have been postponed. But when you see Petty Fiend's picture, and I put it up on social media the weekend, Petty Fiend was our photographer at the game. And it's an action shot from the match. And it's a it's an incredible picture in in one sense because it's just a splash of water everywhere. An emo player and a clan of Kilties, Fergie Murphy challenging for the ball. And it's just there's water everywhere. And it's just um you kind of felt for the two teams, whoever lost that game, it just wasn't fair. 
but I can totally understand why Clannacilty were aggrieved. And I know at the county board meeting on Tuesday night, it, it, it was raised about why there wasn't pitch inspections, why the game wasn't wasn't postponed. So um, it, it, it was an issue and it, it is an issue. And it's something we should be more aware of going forward because if we have our Premier Senior Football Championship, the top tier of club football in Cork, these two teams, Nemo and Clan, they've worked all season long to get to a position like this. But then because of because of elements totally outside of their control, i.e. the weather, that they can't play the game that they wanted to play or doesn't the conditions aren't what what they what we'd hope they would be, you would think a postponement would be the ideal situation, but it didn't happen in Clanner out. Yeah, and even like obviously it's it's easier for Nemo Rangers manager Paul O'Donovan to um kind of get over the conditions, let's say, but even he was was kind of upset at them. He said himself, like you could you would have nearly wanted a swimming certificate, I think was the the kind of big quote from him after the game. And like you say there, this is the the premier like club football competition in Cork. And you would think maybe this is a lesson that they can learn for for future seasons and future years, hopefully. You'd hope so. I'm I'm just looking back now quotes from the county board meeting that was on on um on Tuesday night and what Kevin O'Donovan said to lose only one game last weekend was a miracle. Everyone would have their opinions. This board made a decision. Unfortunately, it backfired due to the weather. And what Kevin is talking about there is why no football quarterfinals were scheduled for Parky Cueve, um, because of course with the facilities up there, um, maybe the the pitch would have been better, better prepared to cope with the with the with the weather conditions. Um, and he also said, we regretted people were under the misunderstanding that they would be in Parky Cueve, i.e. the football quarterfinals last weekend. So there's a lot of kind of elements at play here. Why weren't those games up in Parky Cueve? I think the county board felt that pushing the games back into the into regional venues were pro- was probably good for football. And I totally get that, um, yeah. especially if it was a, a better weekend weather-wise. But maybe, was there was there a... In any in, 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 um I suppose backup plan where i.e. if the weather was so bad, can we bring these games up to Park and Cueve or can we move them elsewhere or can we postpone them? It seemed to be no backup plan in in place for that. And the unfortunate thing is Clan are out now and and they're out kind of and they'll be f- feeling sour because of how it unfolded. Like we said, they're Nemo are, are true and Nemo are obviously the county champions and they'll go forward now, but they'll be aware too that this could have a game like this could have been decided with the one slip. Of a player and and yeah. a wait, so very fine margins, and it's Nemo that events. Well, but Clan will have to think what what might have been if it was a dry day. If it was a dry day, indeed. But elsewhere in the championship, Castlehaven beat Ballincollig fourteen points to one eight, and they've set up yet another clash with Saint Finbars in a county semi final. Karen, yeah, this is a quad quad. Trilogy. I I had to Google this. I said when it's, a, <laughs> when it's a trilogy plus one, what is it? So it's a quad trilogy. Quad Jesus, a quadrilogy or whatever that is. Yeah. So I can't get my pronunciation right in that one. So I don't think that one's going to take off. No, I don't think it is either. It's their their fourth semi final meeting in successive years, which is a incredible record. So we know there's a top three in car club football. You've Nemo the Bars and Castlehaven, and it's no surprise to see those three back in the semi finals again. And for the fourth year in a row, we will have the Bars and Haven. So the Bears have won the last two semi-finals, and the Haven won back in twenty twenty. So the latest instalment it's scheduled for Sunday, October eighth in Parky Cueve. That's a four p.m. throw in there, and that'll be live on Rebels Online. That's going to be a huge game. Two of the best footballing teams in the in the county going head to head. The Haven are coming off the back of their quarterfinal win against Ballincollig in 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 last weekend. Really good first half by. By Castlehaven, Holly O'Sullivan in this week's Southern Star, he said it was their their best performance, their their, their best football of the year so far. In the second half, Bellacolli came back, made a game of it, drew level, but Castlehaven made their experience count. They got the scores that mattered in the end to get over the line. So that was a good, a really good game for Castlehaven to to get under their belts and also get over before they play the bars because it's just a test this team needed. Because we saw the likes of Mark Coddles play well, Brian Hardy play well, Damien Cahillan. So their big guns are coming to the fore at the right time. Their bench made a difference here too, which is quite important. So I think 
Castellave manager James McCarthy will be quite confident going into this game in uh, what is it now Sunday week, but also very cognizant of the fact that the Bears are just so good. Like the Bears, like it was a surprise last year that they lost the county final to to Nemo Rangers. The Bears won the county final the year before, so they're they're an incredible team. And Haven will go in as underdogs, but like I said, this is the fourth installment, and I was doing a bit of research here as as I do, Dylan. And you always hope, like, if you're looking at movies over the years, how many of these big, long series is the fourth movie, the best one? Rocky Four. I came up with. <laughs> Rocky went over to Russia and he beat Drago on Russian soil. Um, so this is what I'm hoping for here. I'm hoping for Haven to almost kind of kind of um, harness their inner Rocky to kind of down Drago, down, deliver that knockout punch against the Bears on, on Sunday week. And then we'll have a Touch wood, a West Cork team into the Premier Senior Football Final. Yeah, fingers crossed. And just a word as well, like we've kind of been speaking about them as they've grown into this tournament. And I think that probably is the the phrase as well, that they have grown into it. Like we mentioned, obviously, in the West Cork group of death, as we were calling it earlier on in the year, um, maybe it was a case of just making sure they got through that. And they did. Um, now with that that result against um, Bad and Colleague as well, you can see that they're kind of, with with each game growing as well, which can only be a good thing going into the semi-final. That's exactly it, because they even by their own standards, they didn't set the world on fire in the in the group stage. They got off there was the the draw against Kirby Rangers the first day out, then after that they beat Fetty Rovers and then they went into the final game against Clonakilty in Bandon. And that was that was a cracking game that the Haven won by two points. And now they've beaten a good Bellancotic team by three points. So they're they are moving in the right direction. And what's important too is the likes of Brian Hurley, who's had his injury problems, they're getting minutes into him and he's getting sharper. Michael Hurley's playing quite well too at the moment. Like I mentioned, Damon Cahillan there, he really came to the fore in the, against, against Bell and Colleague. Mark Collins got a couple of points. So they have a lot of those, their leaders, you call them, those big name players who've been there for the last number of years who know what this stage of a competition is all about. So they haven't had those players dotted all over the pitch and they're, they're coming into their own now. And that's what you need. You need those leaders to kind of to, to spearhead it now and to drive it on. But then you have the younger lads too, the likes of the Jack Cahillan, who's been quite good in, in this campaign as well. So Haven have the players, but whether their collective is good enough to take down the bars on Sunday week, we just have to wait and see. But they have more than a fighting chance. And looking at their recent meetings against Haven and the bars in the last couple of years, 2020 and 21, it went to penalty shootouts to the side. Um, to, to, to the side. Uh, the Bears had a couple of points to spare last year, but there's very little between these teams. And Haven will feel, and they will have benefited from that game against Bell and colleagues. So they'll be primed coming into this game. So really want to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on to Senior A and Kieran, we'll be chatting in a little while about Newsestown's um hurling semi final this weekend. But they beat Canturk to make it into the semi finals in this competition. They're joining Donnie's. We had Colm O'Shea on the podcast recently so there's two West Cork teams into the semi-finals here yeah and those semi-finals are both scheduled for Saturday October 7th both on in Parky Cueve and both live on Rebels online too just in case we have more bad weather and fans don't want to travel they'll be able to watch um, Newmarket against Newcestown at 3 o'clock and that's followed by Donnie's and Knock Degree at 5 o'clock so we have the potential of an all West Cork final here between Newcestown and Donnie's. And that really, really would be one to look forward to. But both teams have really tough games, to be quite honest. Um, Knock Degree, they beat um, Bellingiri the weekend. Bellingiri rattled off the last couple of points in a row, but Knock Degree had the damage done by them. So you've Donnie's against Knock Degree. Donnie's, off the back of such an impressive group campaign, they got to sit out the quarterfinal round. Um, so it gave their players just a chance to was get a good training block in, but also get a chance to draw Brett as well before they turn to the semi-finals. So it's it's but it is it's a dangerous game for looking here, it's a dangerous game for um for Donnie's against Knock Degree and then Newcestown against Newmarket. Like Newcestown, I know we'll chat about the hurling quite soon. They are the gift that keep keeps on giving. And like yeah. all I can say to Newcestown, please never change because this club has an incredible spirit. Like what we're talking about here is a rural West Cork club that is now through to county semi-finals, senior A semi-finals in both football and hurling. And that's an incredible achievement. And it's a credit to the to the to the club, to the panels of both players, 
to the dual players on both teams, to the managements of both teams, but also just to the, the spirit of Cass, the spirit, sorry, of Newcastle because we all know that there's a doggedness and a determination there. They never know when they're beaten. And in their quarterfinal in the football in Coachford last weekend, they went all the way to a penalty shootout. And Tim Buckley, after the manager, was saying that they upheld the club culture with their um with their performance, and they certainly did. Um, Christopher White was the hero, the goalkeeper with two two saves in the shootout. But it's just an incredible story, and it's just great to see what Newcastle are doing season after season after season. Because with this new um split season, it is very hard for dual clubs because these players are out weekend after weekend after weekend. Yet here we have Newcastle into county senior A semi-finals in both football and hurling. So huge credit to the huge credit to everyone involved. Yeah, and like in um, this Thursday Sudden Star in the match report there, you'll read that just after half time, um, or sorry, midway through the second half, they're trading by one four to three points. Um now Canturk finished on two four. So, so they kind of kept Canturk quiet, albeit with that goal conceded and came back. And so, like you say, it does just kind of showcase their their spirit, which is which is brilliant. Um, so hopefully they can continue that going um in the semi-finals. But a word as well, Kieran, for the other West Cork team involved in the senior A, they're in a relegation playoff, and unfortunately, Island Rovers fell at the weekend. Yeah, and this is kind of one of the this was the low points of the weekend, if you want to call it like that, because Ireland are, are on a slippery slope at the moment. This is our second relegation in just three seasons. Go back to 2021, Ireland Rovers were a Premier Senior Football team. Fast forward to 2024, they're going to be a Premier Intermediate team. So they've stepped from Premier Senior to Senior A, now down to Premier Intermediate. So just a tough time for Ireland. And um, their selector, Johnny Holland, was saying after the game, after the last uh, to from my last weekend, that we must regroup and no truer words can he say because the club just needs to kind of stop this, stop this slide, press the reset, and really find their feet. I actually thought when Ireland went down to senior A last year, I said, you know what, this might be the worst thing in the world for Ireland Rovers because they're up at premier premier senior level and being very realistic, they they weren't going to win that competition. So I was looking at a club like Donny's who were down senior A who made the most of the opportunity and they were putting back-to-back-to-back championship wins together for the first time in I don't know how many years. And I was thinking, okay, Ireland could do likewise here. Just steady the ship, get back that winning feeling in the club again because it can't be fun for these Ireland players to be losing game after game after game every year when they're talking about the championship. And I was working out there, Dylan, Ireland Rovers this year, they were relegated from Division 3 of the County Football League and they won two games in the last nine or last seven, sorry, and they've now lost four games in the championship. So there are 13, you could say, league and championship games this year. Ireland won two in the last 11. And I'm I'm sure one of the games they won was almost was a walkover, but I could be corrected on that. But it's just, we're not losing all the time. Like that, that cannot yeah. be. Fun. So the hope now is, and I really do, that the club can just press the reset button when it gets out to Premier Intermediate and just, just level off here just stop this slide and just get back winning games again and use Premier Intermediate as a as a base to build on, like a team like Donnie's, who I'm using as an example, have done it in, in previous campaigns. Look at Donnie's now doing it back into another county senior A semi-final. So not a great time for Ireland Rovers, but hopefully, hopefully now that they're going to hit the bottom, hopefully they have hit the bottom soon, that this is it, that they can start to kind of trend upwards again. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Premier Intermediate, we have two teams into the semi-finals there as well with the potential for an all-West Cork final in Premier Intermediate as well. Yeah, Bantry Blues minus Rory Dean got over there for the final last weekend, so they're now true to a semi-final against Kilchanig. That's on October 7th and the following day, October 8th of Castletown Bear against Kilnamatra. Castletown Bear went straight into the semi-finals off the back of their impressive group uh, stage form while Kilnamatra got the better of Ivlera last Friday night in a in a big mid cork der- derby. And Castledown Bear will be very wary of Kilnamatra because John Evans' side is a very good team. And they were under pressure against Ivlera, but they rallied back in the second half. I think they were six down at one stage and, and, they, and they ended up winning by five. So, and they're some really good players. So, that'll be a, a tough outing for Castledown Bear. 
but they're a team at a height at the moment as, as in all the bearer teams there's three bearer teams true to county football semi-finals we've Castletown Bear Premier Intermediate we've Adrigone Intermediate A and Orhan at Premier Junior so just a good time for football in, in Bearer to have their teams going well because if you think back earlier in the year Dylan the Bearer senior football team had to put out of the championship they didn't field um, but in one way now you can see why why the clubs wanted to concentrate on themselves as such because three of them are now true to the county semi-finals so what this means for the Bearer football team going forward I'm, I'm not too I'm not too sure because we all want to see the Bearer football team back but because of this condensed season it, it really is hard and if the Bearer clubs can see how far they can go in, in a championship maybe they want to look after themselves first rather than the division I don't know I'm, I'm only speculating but what I think this does show is that there is really good footballers in Beira. So we do hope that we will we'll see a Beira senior football team back next season because what what Castellon Bear, Adrigol, um, Orhan, they're, they're proving this year is that there's really good footballers out west. So they're, they're games to keep an eye on in the weeks ahead. But back to Bantry as well. Um, they didn't play Rory Dean. He missed a game again the weekend. He got injured a couple of weeks back. But the feeling is he will be back for the semi-final and they need Rory Dean for the game against Kil- Kilchenig. But what a, what a great time for West Cork clubs. We've seven through to semi-final. So Touchwood Dylan will be here in two weeks' time. Looking forward to a few county finals for some of our local clubs. Yeah, seven clubs through is great. And we'll move on to the hurling now because we have two clubs that could potentially book their places in county finals this weekend. First up, we mentioned them earlier, Newcestown. Their dreams of a hurling and football double face a stiff test this weekend. They're taking on Carrig Tool in the Senior A hurling semi-final at Parky Cueve. That's on at 4pm. And like we said before, Kieran, it's just a testament to, to the club that they're in this position. Yeah, incredible. Um, we touched on that earlier, Dylan, that, that they're, they're going so well, so well in both codes. And I think what happens when you have when you have this like the the teams have momentum because these players are now used to winning games weekend after weekend. So there is that momentum, and you're going from one weekend to the next, from one game to, to, to the other. On the downside, there could be injuries. You know, fellas could pick up niggles, especially those players playing across playing across both teams. But um, we have an interview with the hurling 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 manager Charlie Wilson in. Thursday star and what he's saying here is there are a lot of bruised and battered bodies there are a few niggling bits and pieces and injury concerns but we'd be hopeful that all will be ready to go and that's good news that sounds to me that Newstone hurlers have a clean bill of health because this will be at, at um a really tough game carry two hill era they're a good side like they, they were really impressive in, in the, the group stage of of this competition I was looking at their their form there they topped their group they beat Mallow very well in the first game they beat Fermoy and Klein as well so Newcestown will they'll know that they're, it's, it's going to be a huge challenge you know Newcestown also topped their group it's probably worth pointing out Newcestown also had to come through a quarter final here so, so they did that, they did that extra game under their belt. It's it's on up in Parky Cueve on Saturday. Good surface. Hopefully the weather will have subsided by then. Storm Agnes will have passed through as well. So hopefully the weather gods will smile on us this weekend and just touch wood. It'll be great to see Newcastle go one step further and get into the county senior final. Yeah, absolutely. And elsewhere from no wins, Kieran, in three previous county campaigns, Barry Rowe are one win from a county hurling final. That's in the Premier Junior Hurling Championship and it's, it's been a brilliant ride for them so far this season as well. Yeah, I have an interview with Danny Murphy, the Barry Row hurling manager in Thursday Southern Star, and we're just chatting about what I suppose I was asking him. What has happened in Barry Row that a, a team can go from not winning a game in years and years in the championship to suddenly topping their group to beating the likes of Ballygarvin, to beating Kilbritton, their neighbours, to beating Milford, and now find themselves straight into a county um adult semi-final I think for the first time in 12 13 years I think the last time Barry Rowe got to the stage of a of a county championship Danny Murphy himself was playing he was he was in the the full back line they they lost to Belly Garvin after a a replay so that's that's going back I think it's 12 or or 13 years so but this is one of the the success stories of West Cork's GA at the moment Barry Rowe because they're going well in the hurling 
They're going very well in the Carberry Junior A Football Championship as well. They're through to the semi-finals there. They beat Castlehaven in the weekend, just gone. But their focus will be on Aaron's own this weekend now. Aaron's own um, beat Meelan in the quarterfinal. And Danny Murphy's make, making the point that having that Aaron's own having come up out of the junior ranks last year, that the junior champions usually do very well the next grade up the season after. So he's putting Barry Rowe as the underdogs going into this game. And I, I, I can see why given Barry Rose form in the last couple of years and given the form of the, the junior A champions coming up to to, to, to to this grade. But that's not to say that Barry Rowe don't have the players who can win this game because this, they certainly do. Straight away, I'm thinking of the O'Donovan cousins, Olin and, and Ryan. Like they've been shooting the lights out something incredible, both for the hurlers and the footballers. So when you have firepower like that at this level, it, it can make a difference. So yeah, we could have a... Another another um another chapter in this Barry Rowe fairy tale story this weekend. Yeah, I hope it keeps going for them. That game is on Saturday in Carrigaline at 5 p.m. Now we're gonna hear from Laura Guest in a moment, Kieran. You were chatting to her, but before we go to her, just a word, I guess, on Jack Crowley, because we saw at the weekend he came on in Ireland's um statement win, landmark win, whatever you want to call it, against South Africa in the World Cup and he came on in that game for Johnny Sexton and felt like he was in control of of, of himself and, and had a lot of confidence as well. Yeah, like that was a huge game for for Jack Crowley to come on like in Thursday Star. Like, like I write that it's the biggest game of his career so far and it, it has to be against the reigning World Cup champions in a huge World Cup game on the main stage in the Stade de France in Paris, prime time Saturday night viewing with the whole rugby world and the whole you know, the whole Irish sport world were watching in too because there was such a build-up to this game because it was billed as the crucial game in Pool B. It's like we learn if Ireland are genuine World Cup contenders or whether we're still a small bit off the really top teams such as South Africa and maybe a, a France as well. So for, for Jack Crowley to be involved in that game I think it speaks testament about the journey he's been on. You only have to go back then to the start of 2021. He made his Pro 14 debut for Munster against Ulster. He came on up in the Kings Kingsland Park, I think it was sometime in the second half, right? So that was the start of 2021. Fast forward two and a half years and he's scoring a penalty against the Springboks in the, on the World Cup stage. And it was a, okay, for a player of the calibre of Jack Crowley, you could say a penalty like that is almost a gimme because you would expect mm. him to put it over. Yeah. There's, there's still pressure attached to, to a kick like that and he's, he's still delivered but it just, it highlights the journey that he's been on. Like Jack is still only 23 years of age yet here he is mixing it with the world's best and it's just, it's test, it's just an incredible rise. Like his story, like we've written about it in the star so much, like his rise is just so much involved in that but for him to be in that position, I think um it puts him in a good place going forward because we have this subplot going on the whole time. Is it Jack Crowley or Ross Byrne for the backup to, to Johnny Sexton? And now Jack has been used against Romania and against South Africa, while Ross Byrne did quite well when he came off the bench against Tonga. But what I'm thinking is the fact that it was Jack who was trusted in South Africa, against South Africa, does that mean that he is ahead of Ross Byrne in the pecking order? I would think so. So it's going to be very interesting again to see what Andy Farrell does ahead of the Scotland game on October 7th yeah but for for Jack to, to 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 be doing what he's doing is is just incredible and it's it's great for all of West Cork to have a local lead on that stage because there's just huge interest locally yeah absolutely and that interest I guess um links back to our guest on the podcast this week who is Laura Guest who like I said at the top of the show is West Cork's most successful rugby player ever she's played in three world cups herself and you spoke to her about a lot more than just Jack Crowley, but um, Jack was was one of the topics of your conversation as well. Yeah, um, like Laura's just trailblazer for for West Cork rugby, not just women's rugby, but, but for men's rugby and West Cork rugby in general. Because, like you said, she played in three rugby world cups. Like she was part of the Ireland women's Grand Slam winning team back in twenty thirteen. She's won Interpros at Munster as a player and a coach. Like she knows this game inside out. So who better to chat rugby with than a uh, then one of our own, um, Laura Guest from, from Clannacilty. So it was brilliant to catch up with her. We talked about Jack Crowley. We talked about 
having Jack in a World Cup, what that means for West Cork rugby, but she also looks closely at the Irish team. Looking, analysing that performance the last day, on about the, the line-out that malfunctioned. We talk about the scrum, and she's been pretty impressed with that. I asked her to put her, her coaching cap on and put herself in Andy Farrell's shoes going into the Scotland game. What do you do? Do you wrap Johnny Sexton up in Cotton Road and try and protect him, or do you put your, your best team out and risk injury before you head into, hopefully, a, a World Cup quarterfinal? So, myself and Laura get through an awful lot. Just great to have her on, because Laura has incredible knowledge. And as you hear from her now, like us all, she was delighted with the Ireland performance against the Springboks last Saturday night. Delighted now to be joined on the podcast by Laura Guest to reflect on a, a huge win for the Irish rugby team in the World Cup last weekend against South Africa. First off, Laura, how much did you enjoy that game? I don't know if enjoy is the right word. Um, it was a, a tough one to watch. Um, Party while you're watching it, you're wishing you're there because the atmosphere looked amazing. But at the same point, the... Um, the rugby was nervy um, for a long, long part of the game, even for almost all the game. Um, but I have to say, the intensity that Ireland played was particularly in defence was, was very impressive. How does this game rank? Because since since Saturday night, we've heard a lot of people put this down as one of the best World Cup games of all time. Like you said, there in in terms of intensity, it, it was right up there. So as as a, as a spectacle and as a rugby fan and a former rugby player yourself and a rugby coach, how would you rate the game? Um, I don't know if you're looking at a, a classic rugby fixture that you say was one of the greats, but I think, um, I suppose the importance of the fixture, it was a, a real test match um, from the point of view of every point it mattered. And yes, it was kind of funny because it was uh, untypical of Ireland in places, particularly Johnny maybe turning down opportunity for three points early on and kind of building that lead. I think with Donal Lennon said it in commentary that, you know, against the Springboks in particular, you need to build a lead. So it was very unusual to see Ireland turn down points and go to a lineup that wasn't really functioning correctly. Um, I don't know that it was vintage test rugby, but at the same point, it was everything you ask for in test rugby and that it was nail-biting, it was ferocious, the defence, the tackles, um, the set piece, like Ireland's set piece, the scrum in particular is extremely impressive at this point in time. Um, so I, I hope there's still more in Ireland and I hope we're getting closer to um, a full performance, if you like, in that I think the line-out still is, is a big problem. Um, but I'm just hopeful that they are, I don't know, something up their sleeve and they're just not giving everything away just yet. Um, you have to say that the, the intensity, the professionalism even of Ireland has been very impressive. They have a job to do and every one of their players just seem to be zoned in on the correct detail everything is needed um and for the first time in a long time i think we have we have proper depth um conor murray was probably at his best when he came on like even stealing uh, a ball and winning a penalty like you know i don't know if we've ever seen conor murray that good um or maybe it's it's a long time since we've seen him that good um so look i think it's still quite exciting i think it's still going in ireland's favor but you know, it's it's great too that we're saying that they're not perfect and yet they've beaten the world champions in Paris. Does a result like this, Laura, elevate Ireland now as genuine contenders for this World Cup, beating the, the, the reigning champions, South Africa, obviously France there as well. You can never discount the All Blacks, but Ireland, number one team in the world for the last while, but to go out and to beat, beat the Springboks in a World Cup, granted a pool game. Where does that what does that tell us about Ireland's, I suppose, where, where we rank going into the, the business into this competition? I think if if we're honest, like Ireland have always been contenders for this World Cup, um, given that they've been, like you say, world number one for quite a few months now at this stage and, and unbeaten and building that record all the time. And certainly having beaten um, all the top sides, you know, regularly really throughout the last number of years, like Ireland have beaten New Zealand almost in all their attempts of late. Um, you have to say Ireland are genuine contenders, but at the same point, our form and our World Cup history says that we can't get ahead of ourselves. And I think that's what this team are doing. They're not getting ahead of themselves. They're simply saying it's not good rugby. I think Todd Byrne was quoted saying it's not good rugby. It's that simple. Um, but this World Cup is very different. It's it's random in that for the first time, like obviously the draw is well documented at this stage, the draw being made three years out and, and the kind of unfairness of the side of the draw. But this World Cup is very different as well in that for the first time in history uh, of the World Cup, Australia don't make a knockout. And also for the first time in the history of the World Cup, you have Australia, South Africa and New Zealand all losing in a pool stage match, which has never happened before. So look, Ireland coming out of the pool and getting past the quarterfinal has never happened before. Let's hope we can keep the trend of, of new uh, in this World Cup. 
What impressed you most about that Irish performance so on Saturday night? Um, like I say, I think it's nearly the professionalism of it. Um, I think Ireland have never been as good as they currently are. I think Andrew Porter, for, for years we were saying, oh, we've got a world-class front row in Tyke Furlong. And Andrew Porter has now become a world-class front row as well. Him playing 70-odd minutes of a test match. Um, and his conditioning, his, his physical conditioning is so impressive. Um, I just think he's getting better and better. Um, I, I think that the little details that Ireland have never really had of kind of um, the strength of their 23, you know, I think at times we were a strong 15, maybe not a full strong 23. And I think then we've had injuries at the wrong time in World Cups. And so far, they have a clean bill of health. And so far, that depth in our squad is is there and is paying off. Um, like, it's just, it's really exciting time to be an Irish rugby fan. Um, but I think the Irish scrum, um, Bundyaki has probably never played as well as he's playing currently. Um, I think I saw something there lately that said... Um, in the last day or two that said uh, if you look for Ireland's three best performances you just look to Connacht because uh, Mack Hansen, Finley Bielham and Bundyaki and again that depth behind Furlong we've been lacking and Finley Bielham has become a very good option there he wasn't always uh, taking a lot of hard work um, but those kind of small details that are huge really of Porter becoming that world-class loose head um, Philip Bielham being a, a proper backup to Tyke Furlong and the form of Fundiaki is just uh, like we, we need every bit of him. It really is well for, for the strength of what is coming against us. But he has been immense against Tonga and against South Africa again at the weekend. You mentioned the Irish scrum there, Laura. Can you tell us what's impressed you about it? Because we were under pressure times against South Africa the last day. Like the, the size of their pack is incredible. But the Irish scrum held up so well. Yeah, I just, I feel that they're... They're all eight, um, and they're they're rock solid when they need to be. And yes, they are under pressure. They have been under pressure, but they have really ground out uh, a, a steady scrum when it was really needed. And then I think a bit of nine defence around and back row defence has been impressive. And again, I, I just feel like that they're they're all in the same uh, off the same hymn sheet, which is what you're looking for. And they all are acutely aware of their own jobs. I still think we probably don't have any of our hookers in top form. It was good to see Dan Sheehan back, but you'd imagine that he will be our starter again and that we're going to get better with Dan Sheehan as our starter. Um, that's no disrespect to Ronan Ferdinand, or, yeah, or Ronan Kelleher, sorry, or, or um, Herring. I, I just think Dan Sheehan is a different level against those two. And why what, what the Irish fans maybe we're getting, we're getting a bit carried away now after beating the Springboks. Like that game against Scotland the weekend after next is going to be huge. Like that, that's a real banana skin there because the Scots, the Scots, you could see it in the press conference after their, their win the last day against Tonga. Like they're, they're kind of saying, well, the Irish fans think they're already in the quarterfinal against New Zealand. So they'll be geared up for that. So just talk to me about like the Irish team preparing for that game. What, what you think their mindset will be like? How they get focused in for, for, for playing Scotland? In ways, I think nothing changes. I think they go back and they just go prepare for their next test match. They do their bit of homework on Scotland's performances. Um, I think a previous form against Scotland kind of might account for nothing really. Um, but at the same point, Ireland won't be fearing Scotland in that they have had the measure of them. Um, I do think Ireland are superior to Scotland, but I think no different to you know our first two um, matches, we're going to need to be... We're going to need a better start is the reality as well. We weren't too bad against Scotland with our start, but we were sluggish um, and probably just a bit off maybe in the first 15. Um, otherwise, and so again, I think it's minute by minute, but you would think that Ireland will be comfortable, but at the same point, I think it won't be taken for granted. And I don't think, um, I don't think Andy Farrell looks like he's going to get ahead of himself. I don't think any of the players look like they're going to get ahead of themselves. And I'd say it's it's all on now preparing for Scotland. I, I do think we're going to need a better line-out against Scotland because I think, again, you know, without the better line-out, our future in the tournament is probably not going to be winning it. So I think that's a good opportunity to get a better line-out going um, and then keep our, our defensive ferocity, really, um, keep that. And, um, you know, hopefully, again, we get more tries going um, because we've been... We've played well, let's face it, but we haven't been... I would say yes at our top. What do you happen to the Irish line out, especially in the first half against South Africa? Was it the, was was it a pressure they were putting on us, or did it just did those split second little malfunctions on on, on, on our, our part? 
I'm a bit uncertain. I think actually our lineout hasn't been itself all season. Um, I think even in the Six Nations, it wasn't quite itself. And it's hard to know why, because the same personnel is there, the same coach is there. Um, so, like, part of you has to say, you know, is it that they're, you know, trying to hold something back and are they slightly off because they're not, you know, doing what they should normally do or will normally do or plan to do in the knockout stages? But I don't know. Um, it just seems maybe that as well, if we've got the same personnel, that maybe people are getting better at doing their homework on us. And um, so that bit more um, invention is now needed. And, and like I say, maybe it is that we're holding something back. Um, like, let's face it, line-out is a little bit like a, a game of chess in ways. You, you, you try to preempt and you try to figure out and you try to plan for where you want to be next. Um, but at the same point, I don't know. Our, our personnel haven't crazy changed, but our success rate is not quite there. As a coach yourself, now put yourself in Andy Farrell's shoes going into the, the game against Scotland. Do you go with your strongest team or do you do you rest someone like a Johnny Sexton and give other fellas a bit of game time, knowing that there are hopefully bigger games coming down the line? How do you prepare for a game like this? Yeah, that's, I think, the, the burning question. And thankfully, Andy Farrell is a far better place than me to be making that choice. But um, I think it gets, again, a fine balance between a bit of rest for some of his top players. Like, I do think you could see Johnny not, but at the same point, Johnny is captain. It's Johnny's last World Cup. Johnny could be saying, I'll play for 40 or, you know, we don't know, but Ireland are better with Johnny Sexton. That's no question. Um, but at the same point, I think there might need to be a balance of giving our first team uh, some break. Um, can Porter play every single match and start every single match? I don't know. Um, do we need him? We probably do. Um, but, at the same point, you would love to see the likes of Stuart McCluskey get a go um, and maybe Bundy get a break, given that, again, he's been so active and so intense, um, you know, two man of the matches already. Um, but I'd say, again, it's, it's whatever's on the training ground and maybe we're not privy to that, but hopefully he'll be playing his form players out of the training ground. And hopefully he can. Hopefully they're sharp enough because of everyone. And again, the collective looks good. So hopefully we are seeing, you know, the correct pictures coming out of it looks like a happy camp. It looks like everyone is knowing their role. It looks like they're getting a good balance on a bit of downtime after games. Um, and and I, I would like to see Stuart McCluskey play um, because, again, I do think it's, it's going to be a squad effort. Um, but I, I don't know is the reality. I'm not sure. I, I, I think we could see Sexton. I, I, I feel like he'll want to play every match, but maybe we won't see him for as long as he has played to date. Um, let's face it, he still has six months of no rugby, so maybe he is fresh. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Sexton. I, I probably would be surprised if we saw Aki again, just the physicality he's playing with. I'm not sure. Maybe it's an opportunity to get him a rest. And then in the pack, again, you don't know, I suppose, but it looks like they're able for the test rugby. But at the same point, that's um, it's, it's it's taking a lot out of them as well. Um, but I would imagine we'll see Danchi and start. Um and after that, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. I would like to see, if you like, um, some of our front five rested. Um, but at the same point, in that balance, you've you've got to get a win. Let's face it; it's it's still knockout rugby. And we have local involvement in the World Cup. Uh, Jack Crowley came up to Bendon Rugby Club, Bendon Grammar. Great had that West Cork involvement. He got the nod now against Romania and against South Africa. Obviously, there's that almost subplot, Jack Crowley against Ross Byrne as as the kind of the, the stand-in for, for, for Johnny Sexton. Do you think Jack's in the driving seat here or what's going to happen, you think, in the next the next game? Yeah, it's kind of funny as well. And I think Jack has, has played really well when he's come on and he's done what he's supposed to do. But I think they're both good goal kickers. Um, again, like you, you read and you, and you see bits and you think that if... Sexton starts, it's more likely Johnny Crowley or sorry, Jack Crowley will be on the bench because he's a better impact and he's a little bit different maybe to Ross Byrne. But then it's not necessarily as clear cut if Sexton doesn't start as to which of Ross Byrne and Jack Crowley start. Personally, again, I suppose, you know, you could say it's the West Cork connection, the Munster connection, but I think Jack Crowley is the person for the future. So I would love to see him start and um if Sexton wasn't to start, um and I do think he's an exciting player. I think he's a gutsy player. Um, and I think, he, you know, he brings something that's a little bit different. I think Ross Byrne has been tried and tested. And we know we've safe hands with Ross Byrne. Um, but he doesn't quite uh, attack the game line. He sits a bit deep for, maybe for even the backline liking. Um, 
and maybe just as a progressive Ireland, we we probably need to see that youth as well as that bit more uh, attacking flair maybe than 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 Ross is capable of. But at the same point, Ross is a very good player, and he's been deserving of his place on that on that squad. Um, but you'd hope um, that as we move further down the track, that Jack Crowley will remain the 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 backup ten on the bench. Um, I think his ability maybe even to play in midfield, even though we don't quite need it. Let's face it, this this tournament because. You know, we have some very good centres anyway, but he has played 10, he played 12, he played 15. That maybe pushes him sort of that bit ahead of, of, of Ross Byrne as a useful impact regardless, maybe. Laura, you put West Cork in the the map. You played in, in numerous World Cups over the years. You won a Grand Slam with Ireland and you did incredible things for, for women's sport in West Cork. But to have a Jack Crowdy now, the first male West Cork player to play the World Cup, like that's just great news and a great boost for West Cork rugby. Absolutely. And and we've said this numerous times, you know, both male and female West Cork rugby is in a good place. And, you know, John Hadness, Gavin Coombs, these guys there, even the two Witcherly boys, um, you know, they're they're doing their bit as well. I still think Gavin was a little bit unlucky. He wasn't given a chance in the in the warm-up matches before he was he was let loose from the squad and back to Munster. Um but it is amazing to see our first West Cork man in a World Cup squad and hopefully the first of many. Um, you know, West Cork rugby is in a really good spot. It's it's really good for Bandon Grammar. It's really good for Bandon Rugby Club to see to see Jack come through. And again, you can see the investment that both Bandon Grammar and Bandon Rugby Club have made in their underage, in their in their adults, in their facilities. It's paying off with somebody straight into a straight out of an under twenty into a monster senior setup and then straight into a an Irish senior set up really and coping really, really well. So that's that's only good news. And again, you know, the schools rugby is a good path. Um, but at the same point, we, we don't need to forget that, you know, John Adness didn't come through that schools rugby of Bandon Grammar. Likewise, you know, Gavin Coombs came through Bandon Grammar, but he's a Skibreen club man. And again, Skib have, have good underage structures. There's good Munster branch involvement. And, and again, Skib ladies even are, are doing really well. So, you know, it's not just the Bandons of the world, but it's really good to see um, West Cork rugby and, and it's really good to see representation for West Cork uh, in a World Cup as you say a men's World Cup it's hopefully first of many and we have a story this tour is oh, Laura about the Clannock Hilti bringing back their adult women's rugby team could we see a dramatic comeback for Laura? <laughs> yeah it's funny um, I, I went down to their opening um, of their new 4G and um, it's really impressive facility and, and I hear they have uh, they're up in uh, 15 or 18 signed up for their adult teams. That's great to see. Um, I'm afraid my, my uh, playing days, I'd say, are behind me. Um, I'm not sure that, uh, that that's uh, feasible, but uh, I only met um, a, a girl I played with there a long time back. Um, she was living in Abu Dhabi, and I met her recently for a coffee, and we were just saying, I think the head would be willing. Uh, the disconnect, maybe the head and, and the, the body uh, might be dangerous. <laughs> um, but what did you think? You'd always think you'd love to and you'd always think you'd be able. But I think the reality for me now says that I know I'm not. <laughs> so I might I might be best just being a supporter. And as a supporter and a rugby fanatic, final question. Exciting couple of weeks ahead for Ireland. How far can we go? I think I've said this before, um, you know, I think if Ireland can maintain an injury-free squad and so can pick their best 23 on each match, I do think we can go the whole way. Um, but let's face it, with any you know tournament like this, there's a little bit of luck attached to it. And again, I think we we just will need to keep the same sort of happy environment and a, a clean bill of health. If we have a clean bill of health, if we can fix up the line out a bit, I do think this this team appear mentally stronger than than previous versions and you know you, you dare to dream in ways but wouldn't it be amazing I, I I think if they don't go the whole way I think they will be close um but I think they can go the whole way yeah oh, fantastic and exciting two weeks ahead like I said and thank you again Laura for joining us on the podcast thanks very much Karen thank you for the invite the star sport podcast is brought to you by access credit union access credit union Funding dreams for over 50 years. Right, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and Kieran. Now is the time of the week where we take a quick look at what's on in this week's Southern Star. No surprise, the sports section is action-packed and it's GA heavy again at this time of the year. We have all the reports and the reaction from the county football championships last weekend. So... 
for your Castlehaven B Ballon colleague, your Clan V Nemo, Bentry Blues win against Nemo Rangers as well. Kilimatra, Ivlera, um, Town, Island Rovers, it's all there. So plenty of reading for for GA fans this week. And we also have updates on the Cork Ladies Football Championships. O'Donovan Rasa are true to the County Junior A football final again. They lost their last year in, in the county final to Neva Bourne, but they're back again this year. So we have um, news and reaction from their manager, James O'Mahony, to their semi-final win last weekend. Um, we also have an update from the Carberry Junior A and Junior B football championships because there was postponements last weekend and those games will be re rearranged for this week. But from the games that did go ahead, we have reports and reaction from Barry Rowe beaten Castlehaven while Bellascarty beat um, Argentine Rangers. Look, um, interesting story too, Dylan. Um, caught up with, I caught up with Neville Burton. He's a director of rugby at Clannacilty uh, Rugby Club because the club had brought back their senior um, ladies' women's team this year. And that's a really important move for the club because they have put a lot into their underage girls' structures in the last couple of years. They're now feeling teams from under eight up to under 18. The next step was to get an adult team back there again. And we chat about that. And just to note that Laura Guest, who we heard from there earlier, she was actually on the Clannacilty Ladies Rugby team in its previous guise. So, um, and that's actually that gave her the platform to go on to play for Munster, play for Ireland in the three World Cups and win 36 caps. So just great to see Clannacilty Rugby. It's it's going so well on and off the field because they opened their new 4G AstroTurf pitch there recently. We also have the West Cork soccer action and Togo Celtic are on top of the, the Premier with a roundup of the the weekend action in the Schoolboys and Schoolgirls League. Drina Rangers won the Schoolgirls um, under 14 title. We also have an, an interview with the Bear United football manager Tayo Fanzania um, about Bear United being back in the Premier Division this year. Turning to motorsport for a second, the Facet Rally is on the end of October. And for the first time in 14 years, we're actually going to have a, a title decider here in West Cork, which is great news that the national um the national championship will be decided on the roads of West Cork. So Martin Walsh has has all the latest on that. And we also had the King and Queen of the Roads was on in Bellancourig last weekend, and we had local interest there. The likes of Geraldine Curtin was involved and Brian Brian Wilmot from Bendon was up there too in action. So we're um, all the, the latest from the King Queen of the Roads where Thomas Mackle and Silk Tolk, that powerful Dutch bowler who comes over every year, wins the Queen of the Road title and heads back to the to the, to the Netherlands. She did it again. So that's that's a bit of a spoiler for our, our listeners here, but you can read all the action in terms of Southern Star. Yeah, all that will be, will be available in shops across West Cork from thursday morning along with a free home and garden supplement as well so if you're looking to spruce up your home or looking for some gardening tips pick up a copy of this week's southern star that's free inside there as always if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops you can subscribe to the southern star and get it on your laptop tablet or phone just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week, along with full access to our website as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.